H2H Playground is opening up again. Get your butt on the wait list by visiting sorryswears.com forward slash play so you don't miss out on any of our big, juicy early bird bonuses. You're listening to From Hostage to Hero podcast, episode number 222. When you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, welcome everyone. Today we're talking about how to decide your number in rural jurisdictions. I just um, had the opportunity to meet face-to-face with some H2H crew members, and I knew one of them had gone to trial recently, but I'd never heard the result. And so I asked what was the result in this case, and they said, well, we won, but it wasn't what we wanted. And I said, well, a win is a win. And I said, well, how much did you ask for? And the person said, something in the low six figures. And I said, well, wasn't that a brain injury case? And they said, yeah. And I was like, all right, we got a problem. That seems super low to me. And they said, well, you know, it was in a rural jurisdiction. And that's when I went, ding, ding, ding. I'm so doing a podcast on this because y'all have an idea about what you can get depends on this jurisdiction that you're in. And I'm hoping to blow that out of the water today. All right, so here's the thing. I never give an answer when people say, how much should I ask for? And I'm not gonna give you an answer today, but I'm gonna say, this is the closest I've ever gotten, that if it involves the brain or if somebody died, we're at seven figures right off the bat. Right off the bat. We're talking about your brain And we're talking about your life. To me, those things, minimum seven figures, if not eight or nine figures, right? And we've had all of those for all the things I just mentioned in the crew. We've had all of those results. So I know that they are possible. And I know that your next question is going to be, yeah, but what jurisdiction? All right. All things being equal, meaning your case has good facts and you are arguing it well and doing all the things, I believe that you can get that in any jurisdiction. You will tell me, well, but we've never gotten it over here. Well, just because it's never been done doesn't mean it can't be done. Has anybody ever asked for those numbers? That's what I would like to know. That's what I would like to know. Because I see this over and over again where you're taking someone else's experience or the fact that it's never been been done before and you're saying, well, nobody's ever asked for seven figures in this jurisdiction, or someone's never done one, eight figures in that jurisdiction, so you don't even try. That is a huge problem, and it is a mindset issue. The end, what you are limited to is your mindset about it. It has nothing to do with the jurisdiction. It has nothing to do with what's ever been done there before or who you are or whatever. Again, all things being equal, meaning you've got a good case. Now, we know that we take our worst cases to trial, 
But there are some cases that should never, ever even go to trial. So we're not talking about those cases. We're talking about a case that in one jurisdiction you would ask for eight figures or uh, yeah, eight figures. And in another one, you'd ask for, you know, low six figures. That's what I'm talking about. Meaning the case has merit. You're just changing the number depending on what jurisdiction you are in. Now, here is why this is a problem. One, one is it's unfair to your client. Either a brain is worth more than seven figures across the board or it's not just because someone deemed get their brain injured in a rural county means their brain is worth less than somebody else's brain in an urban center a more liberal leaning center that's some bullshit right there brains are valuable no matter where you live no matter who you are no matter what's ever been done in that jurisdiction it's unfair to your clients to not ask for the right number, one. Two, it's unfair to the people in that community. You're saying people in your community don't value things like other people do. You're looking down on them. And that is an issue. That is not okay. So there are two reasons right there why Asking a different amount, depending on the jurisdiction, is not the right thing to do. I don't think it's ethical, frankly, because your job, not that I'm calling this person unethical, I love this person. I just know this is the mindset y'all are in. Your job is to get justice. Justice should not matter. Isn't this what we argue? On who you are, how old you are, what the color of your skin is, what your sexual orientation is, and fucking where you live. That should not be a reason for whether or not you get justice? Come on now. All right, so what do we do instead? Well, we're going to talk about how you need to ask for the right number and how you need to believe in it. But here's what I think we're really afraid of before we talk about how to do this. Is we're afraid of offending the jury, right? That's the big thing. I can't go in there and I can't offend the jury by this big number because they're going to think whatever. All right, so let's unpack this for a minute. How do we actually offend juries? It is not by asking for too much, whatever that may be. In fact, asking too little is often the problem because it's cognitive dissonance. If someone's brain is actually injured, if that is what you're coming into, let's just TBI as an example, but you're asking for low six figures, what you are inadvertently communicating to the jury is, is that you're there for money. Think through this, because if it really was injured, that really is true, then why the fuck are you asking for such a little amount of money? Do you see what I'm getting at here? It's like when I, when I talk about how to price your services um, when I was working in corporations before. So if you are looking to hire a graphic designer and you find two and one charges $50 an hour and the other one charges $150 an hour, which one do you think is more trained, valuable, knows what they're doing, credible, all the things? It's the person who charges $150, even if, before you've seen their work. 
Now you could be wrong, but that is the perception our brain has. The more money something is, the more valuable it is. When you go in and you ask for low six figures on a brain injury case, or God forbid, a death case, the jurors, if they're not even thinking at the front part of their brain, but the reptilian part of the brain is, they're just here for the money. Because if they're not asking for a lot of money, then obviously this wasn't that egregious. See, you're shooting yourself in the foot. We have Here's how we actually offend jurors. We actually offend jurors by not going all in, by treating them as the enemy, by wasting their time, by not being authentic, by not believing in your case. Here's what I don't think you understand is how much power you actually have. You set the tone at trial. You get to tell jurors what this is worth. And not only that, how much you believe in it. Because that's, we come back to what's the right number? The right number is the right number for what happened to this person. And that doesn't matter what the judge, what, who the judge is, what jurisdiction you're in, what the opposing counsel, if they're good, the best that ever been. See, because y'all play in the odds. That's what you're doing with justice. You're saying, well, some money is better than no money. Like if I overshoot and I ask for way too much, they might give me nothing. But if I kind of shoot in the middle, then they might give me something or something close. And that's why you're getting these even lower verdicts than what you're getting. Because that's not true. Some money is not better than no money. That is partial justice. And that is not okay. All of our clients deserve to be treated the same in terms of the amount of justice that they should get. That shouldn't matter one bit what jurisdiction you are in. I mean, I'm just so fired up about this because I know that at your core, you believe that, but you get scared when you start thinking about, but I've heard that judge is really a stickler. I've heard the opposing counsel is really, really good, but I've heard they've, that's never happened in that jurisdiction. It hasn't happened in that jurisdiction because you haven't asked for it yet. You haven't gotten 100% behind your number and owned the fucking shit out of it. I mean, I think about, again, I've, I've mentioned this many times, John Bailey, who won the $120 million in Midland, Texas for a death case. How did he win that? Was there some super awesome secret that he was using? No. You talk to him. Go watch the, the, the Facebook Live we did with him. He says the reason he got it is because he believed in it so strongly. In fact, he tried the entire case on flip charts. Flip charts. He didn't need the fancy PowerPoints. He didn't need the, the tons of lawyers and the black suits. He didn't need a lot of time. In fact, he'll tell you that he realized real early that the other side was going to outwork him, outspend him, all of the things. The only thing he had was his belief in his number and in his case. And he went in heart first, leading with his heart. That's what makes the difference. 
It is being done. I'm going to go and, and read you something out of our, our Facebook group, um, our private Facebook group. So I'm not going to use actual names when I'm reading this. Um, but this was so incredible that I just, as I was reading this, I may have already put this in a podcast, but I think it just makes so much sense here. So bear with me as I read it to you. So it's someone else talking about another H2H member. And, and, and this person says, I watched fellow H2H member do his wadir in a very conservative venue this week so I could see it in action firsthand. We require in our state a unanimous 12-person jury. It was, all caps, brutal. Many jurors commented that to ask for a million dollars would be ridiculous since his clients looked fine. Another said, sir, this is bleeped out county. It's a small town. I don't even know anyone with the million dollars. These jurors got angrier and angrier at the idea of a million dollars, saying how embarrassing it would be for anyone to know what they were even that they were even on such a jury. How wrong it was for him to even suggest that when she, he works with people with spinal cord injuries, that this person, this juror works with, with people with spinal cord injuries, and this person's church member's client doesn't even look hurt at all. This person writes, it was scary, real scary to watch all the fact dropping. H2H crew members seemed like a glutton for punishment, going forward full speed on the money issue, not backing down on it, not giving up. As it seemed to spiral into a frenzy, one juror finally saved him. He said, I think mental pain is worth more than a medical bill. And with that one share by that one juror, I watched as the alliance began to form. They began looking away from the people who were being rude to this H2H crew member. They began looking at each other and nodding their heads a lot. But even the better jurors nodded when people said they would want H2H crew member to put on a whole lot of proof. They spoke more than a jury has ever spoken, and most of it was bad. Like, real, real, blunt, worst things you can say, bad. It did not feel good to watch and hear those thoughts, and H2H crew member did not feel good about it. But after it was over, I did not have the feeling that he would lose or that it went bad, even though they literally were like, hey, dude, you're going to lose here. I know that felt awful. But what I told him was that I saw him form the group. They did not agree with awarding money for pain, but they liked this H2H crew member. Man, that was a tough jury. I told him, if this works here with these folks, then we will know that there is something to Sari Delamont's method. Well, duh, there's something to my method. Joking. The people who planned to sink the verdict were revealed. Let's talk about the judge. This person continues, when the jurors were first chosen in front of the selected jurors, the judge turned to the release jurors and said, as Churchill said, there is nothing greater than to be fired upon and missed. <laughs> the H2H members jury had heard the judge say that their service was like fi being fired at and shot with as a gun. Great start. As the conversational voir began, the judge must have called H2H crew member to the bench a half a dozen times saying, are you going to ask a question? H2H crew member stood his ground. He said, judge, I am asking questions, but if I ask them whether they have a family member in law enforcement or what their hobbies are, I don't know what to do with that. What I care about is their ideas about money for pain 
And this is how I find out, by talking to them. So he kept going and the jurors kept talking. Clear for cause strikes were denied by this new judge. The judge rehabbed a juror who had vehemently sworn moments earlier with quite specific examples that there was no way in hell they would be fair in a case where someone was asking for money for pain and they shouldn't sue at all. God will provide. When the judge was told that this type of rehab is not allowed in this particular state, he would look at the defense attorney for each juror and say, I don't mean to step on your toes, but do you have some questions to ask this juror? At this point, the jurors were already seated in the audience again, so he had to do his or her uh, rehab for her. He left three on that any other judge would have let off. But what this did was this. H2H crew member at the end of Wadir told them he would try to get them off the jury and that the defense had to say so too, like sorry teaches. So when this defense lawyer turned around one by one and tried to rehab, juror, you can listen to the evidence, yada, yada, yada. And Mrs. Juror was like, no, I don't think I can. I told you I cannot do it. Then the defense lawyer kept cross-examining the juror until she tricked her into saying, yes, I can be fair. The juror was left on the panel, but to the rest of the jury, it seemed so fucking unfair. I was sitting in the audience at this point since Wadir was supposed to be over. It was so bananas. I videoed it and have that. The defense lawyer was rolling her eyes at the jurors and being an asshole until they would agree. I'll share the video in private if anyone wants to see it. It looks like what you, when you turn your head too soon when a jury gives you an answer. It was a really hard case in a bad venue. If you think I'm exaggerating, another lawyer who is not, who is not familiar with H2H thought it went so bad that they said H2H crew members should dismiss the, case, dismiss the case before the first witness was sworn. I would have agreed 1,000% if I had not seen the group form and learned this method. But watching it, it did not look awful knowing the group was formed. He had a high hill to climb and they made damn sure he knew it. But I told the H2H crew member, you tell jurors to trust the process. Now you've got to trust the process. So this person continues to talk about how this um, the person in the case had a prior workers' comp injury. They had no positive findings on, a radi on radiology because of the nature of the facet injury. Um, the other plaintiff had $60,000 in meds and four herniated cervical discs that showed on imaging, but not a lot of ongoing treatment. Both of them looked beautiful and perfectly healthy. Their hair was curled to perfection. No surgical recommendation. I texted the H2H crew member, you fought. That's the win. It does not matter what the verdict comes back at. This post is not about the verdict. Well, it wasn't going to be, but H2H crew member just got $1.4 million for one of the plaintiffs with no surgical recommendations and $380,000 on $16,000 in meds in a conservative jurisdiction. All I've got to say is trust the process, all caps. Listen, if one of our HTH members can go through that shitty of a situation with a shitty judge and a shitty defense counsel and shitty ass jurors where you need unanimous and get a seven figure verdict, so can you. Every client in any jurisdiction, no matter where they were injured, deserves full justice. Talk to you next week. Simon says, stop working so damn hard. Simon says, book yourself a vacation. 
Simon says, listen to Sari. I am thrilled to once again invite y'all to join us in the H2H playground. Come and be a part of the only online working group where plaintiff attorneys learn and practice proven trial skills in a safe place while having fun. Simon says, become the lawyer you were born to be. Visit sorryswears.com forward slash play and join the waitlist. Ready, set, go. Wait, I didn't say Simon says. Just checking to see if you're paying attention. But for real, go to sorryswears.com forward slash play now.